You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. We've been talking about this for quite some time. I mean, we've been talking about football all offseason. So it's going to be fun and exciting to actually see some actual football. Even though it is a scrimmage game, it's going to be good to see new look Auburn. Thoughts on that, gentlemen? Of course. Of course. It's back. I mean, for a minute, it's back. It ain't all the way back, but it's back. And I don't have to, you know, I want to say I don't have to. We don't have to collectively do all this guessing about what type of progress the, the QBs are making. We will get to see what type of progress the QBs are making. Not that I think this will make any decision definitive about who the QB will be going forward, but I want to see that these guys got better. I want to see that Holden Garner got out there and operated the offense and didn't just get some, hey, kind of do this base stuff and bail us out, which it will be, but I want to see him see if his confidence has come to the level. I want to see if TJ's intermediate accuracy has gotten better. I want to see if Robbie is healthy enough in his shoulder to look good throwing the ball. I want to see all that because that's, I think that's still the biggest question mark on our roster. Who is the QB and can he get us going efficiently? So I'm looking forward to seeing some action to answer that instead of just trying to glean in from questions to the, to the coach every Monday. Action. It's time for action. Ike, that was my guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I, it, I think for me, I, I'm going to be looking mostly at just kind of how the offense is set up, right? Like, is is how similar it is to the, some of the stuff that I've seen on film from both of these guys in the past. Uh, defensively, I'm going to look to see how assignment sound they're playing out there, uh, making sure that they kind of understand how they're supposed to be rotating in certain situations. Um, they've seen a lot of this stuff in practice already, so it shouldn't be new to them. They should have that down. Right. So I'm looking to see how they do that. And then I'm looking to see how they distribute reps to people. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. are we going to get an opportunity to see everybody get out there and play for a day, get some good scrimmage reps in and then kind of how they distribute those reps, not just at the quarterback position, but all around linebacker rotations, defensive back rotations. I want to see all of those things and see what we got in the cupboard. IG. How you feeling, man? What are your thoughts about A-Day just six days away? Uh, given what Coach Hugh Freeze has said about the potential format of this, uh, because I he kind of mentioned it, but I don't think we really know what the format solidly is going to be for A-Day. Um, uh, with possibly the defense starting with a lead, I maybe you want to see a shutout. <laughs> That's what you want to see a shutout for the defense, right? I mean, because if they can't score, then the game just keeps going in this format uh, until they can uh, catch up. So, yeah, I just, I just want to see. I want to see guys look assignment sound. Uh, I want to see playmakers emerge. Uh, I think that's one thing that we can always glean from A Day is is that. Is there going to be a playmaker that can emerge? I think that's easiest uh, to, to judge that wide receiver and a quarterback. Um, you know, running back uh, just kind of is what it is. Um, you know, on defense, I think you can see playmakers emerge, uh, certainly in the defensive secondary. That's hard on D-line when you can't really hit the quarterback. But you can see if guys are getting off blocks and beating their guys. Um 
Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how uh, who who emerges as a playmaker. Who's who gives us the wow? This like wow, that guy's super athletic, or wow, that guy you know is way better than we thought he would be. You know, I saw some articles about like Robert Woodyard kind of coming into his own. This was a guy we flipped from Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. And we need help at linebacker. So you know, is he going to be one of those guys? Those names that we heard about. Uh, you know, uh, B had mentioned on a morning drop or on a previous segment we did about where is Austin Osbury, right? This was a guy who was uh, a highly touted get from LSU, you know, you know, that we stole away from LSU. You know, is he going to emerge? Is somebody going to emerge? We're hearing things about K and Lee. I'm just excited to see it in, in action because this will have been the biggest game a lot of these guys will have played in to this point in their career, yeah. right? And I'm a big believer in that 8A is a good pretest kind of for how guys will perform under the lights, you know? So, uh, so yeah, I, there's some stuff that we can take away from this. Uh, it should be exciting. Uh, it's something new. Uh, and, you know, Coach Freeze, man, you know, the quarterback whisperer, let's see, man, were you able to, in just 15 practices, able to get one of these guys to step into the role of looking like an SEC quarterback? Well, we have five things that we we kind of discussed this off 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 air, but there are five things we are looking forward to seeing and learning from from this eight day scrimmage. Doesn't mean that we will learn it, but these are five things that we're going to be keeping an eye out on. Now, Hugh Freeze did make a mention before spring even started that there's no depth chart. Now, just because there's no depth chart doesn't mean that they're not evaluating these guys and determining who's going to be able to help them in the fall, right? right? We already saw two guys already hit the portal as spring practice was going on. So these conversations are definitely happening throughout spring. Right. But what we want to know, and I'll start with question number one, gentlemen. We're going to start with the defensive side of the ball. Who's starting on this defensive line? Mm. That's going to be a question that, that I'm eager to see because – over the offseason, Auburn added five-star, former five-star Justin Rogers, who transferred from Kentucky. Uh, he's now in the fold. We've heard some positive things about him. Um, also, Auburn added Messiah uh, Nasili Kite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he was a Maryland transfer um, mm-hmm. from the defensive line. Uh, Zakevius Walker came but returned to Auburn out of the transfer portal. So we, we've got some bodies there. Uh, we've been hearing things about Jeffrey Emba. As well this spring, he he's appeared to have taken the next step. I'm curious to see who they tried out there along the defensive line for the first team. Thoughts on that, Ike Jones? Uh, who I think it's going to be, or you're just saying just in general about the defensive line? Just in general about the defensive line, but you can give your thoughts as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that we've got a, an experienced group up there, which is good. I think we've got some big bodies up there that that know what they're doing. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see just the progression that they've made as far as understanding what to do in this defense. Uh, because if you guys uh, are patrons, then you can go back and watch. We looked at some of the Ron Roberts film um, from a couple of games from Oklahoma State and Oklahoma when he was defensive coordinator at Baylor. And just the way that specifically that nose tackle kind of dictates a lot of what's happening up front. It's going to be interesting to see who's playing the nose. Uh, I'm going to assume it's going to be a rotation between uh, guys like uh, Justin, uh, excuse me, Jason Jones and Justin Rogers are going to probably be, you know, anchoring the middle of that defense at that nose position. 
um, defensive end. We've already heard Jeffrey Emba's getting kicked out that way. Uh, you got Marcus Harris that's still available out there. You know, we already talked about Nasili Kite coming over from Maryland. There's a lot of guys up front that can do some damage. Looking forward to seeing how they rotate them which position they're playing them in, and then just kind of how naturally they progress through what they need to do in their assignments. We will. I I think it's going to be very difficult to keep Justin Rogers, Jason Jones, and Marcus Harris off of the field because they're all experienced and they're all big guys. Marcus Harris, is he's been a holdover. He's quietly... We got a guy who was a, a what a two star recruit coming out of high school who was at Kansas who was at one point the barren wasteland of college football and he comes here and he gets better each year and now I think he's a guaranteed starter on our defensive line now what they want to do with the size bodies they have is kind of what's going to dictate where he lines up and if he's on the field for most plays he was kind of a he could he could be in and he could also be if you're running a four down lineman he could be one of the inside two. I think he stays on the field for the most part. I think Jason Jones and and Rogers they're both nose tackles. So again, what do you want to do with the nose? I'm sure there'll be some games where we run against a heavy a run heavy team and you're gonna have both those guys inside. And that would be <laughs> that would be crazy. To I see. think there's a chance both of them start. One of them at the nose, and the other at the D tackle. Um, and that's crazy because those are big dudes. Like each one of them could be a, a D tackle. We got two like true nose tackles mm-hmm. in inside, which is I mean, I the experience is what I'm high on. I'm high on the the size, the strength, and the experience of our defensive line. It would seem though that Emba would be the outside looking in because he has the least experience physically. We know he's imposing, but experience-wise, has he done it? He not only the least experience playing in college in the SEC, but also the least football experience. We we knew he was a project when we signed him on last year. So does he crack the rotation is what I want to see. And that's more a question for the fall, but what do they do with him here in A-Day? How, what, what position is he in? Is he going to be in? He's big enough to be tackled, sure. Is he quick enough to cause havoc on the end? That's going to be something I'm looking out for. I think who Harris is is well-known. I'm not familiar with Justin Rogers' game. Didn't watch him play at Kentucky. I'm interested to see, of course, where he ends up on this line and if he's a consistent starter there. I know who Jason Jones is. I don't think they keep him off the field. Can Emba really crack the top four? I think is the big question. So I'm looking to see what they do with him in A-Day. Mike, your thoughts on the defensive line? Uh, Justin Rogers is going to be a star. I, I think it's pretty clear he's going to be a star. Um, you pay attention to hold who this coach mentions. When this coach, who doesn't like singling people out, single somebody out, I'm looking at that guy um, because that means that that guy is not only performing, you know, in terms of you know what they expect in practice, but he also is fitting the mold of other things that they look for in players in this new regime. So Coach Hugh Freeze has talked about guys not ending up on lists and doing the things they're supposed to be doing and practicing hard. Justin Rogers is getting mentioned in that vein. He's one of a few guys that have been mentioned specifically by these co- this coach in these press conferences uh, throughout the spring. So I'm looking for Justin Rogers, you know, and when they talked about his ability, he said, listen, man, this is a guy that's going to garner a lot of double teams, mm-hmm. right? And that's high praise, I think, coming from a coach who has been very hesitant to praise guys based on lack of looking, seeing their film or, you know, when he talked about Jarsquiz Hunter, what did he say? He was like, listen, I've seen enough film to know he's good. 
Yeah. And he's not making that leap with other guys. Justin Rogers is one of those guys that he made the leap with. Now, um, I am fairly familiar. I went back and looked at a lot of his tape. Uh, I like him, man. I, th- I just think he's going to be good. I think he's going to anchor what's going to be an, a very underrated Auburn defensive line going into the season. A lot of people are not going to know what to expect from this group. Now, um, you know, B talked about Emba kind of being maybe the odd man out. Uh, I agree with them, but I also think they're going to rotate a lot of guys anyway. So while he may be raw, he can be an energy guy that can come in and just provide fresh legs and raw athleticism and just get after it. Yeah. Right. And help wear offensive lines down. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And then as soon as they start to wear down, these guys, the Jack, whoever gets off on the edge and then rushes the quarterback. The quarterback is all lost. He doesn't know what to do. He throws a duck up in the air. And then DJ James and uh, our guy, Keontae Scott, lead the league in interceptions. That's exactly how that's going to go. I just painted it out all for you guys, exactly how it's going to go. That's the story. I'm sticking to it. Um, Auburn's defensive line is going to come in completely unheralded. And they're going to come in with not a lot of people knowing what to expect from them, guys. And they have a chance to really, really throw some people off kilter so that by game three or four, they got to start paying attention to who Auburn has on this defensive line. Uh, So uh, I like it. I like the addition of Justin Rogers. I think changes the complexion. If he can stay healthy, I like what this defensive line can do throughout the season. The rest of it, you know, you guys mentioned all the names that you guys mentioned, uh, particular B, where you talked about the kind of rotation of guys there at tackle. And what Ike said, I agree with that completely. Um, I just think this is a group uh, that has some names that are going to be known by midseason. Uh, before we move on to the next uh, thing that we we hope to learn, I do have a question. What do you guys, I, I'm, I'm interested to see because we heard some reports, of course we were not there, from previous scrimmages that this D-line, uh, Sons the edge position, was actually being quite disruptive. Um, so I'm curious to see when it comes to passing downs, just how just how disruptive these guys are. Again, because of their size, you expect them to be a force in the run game, clogging up the middle. Mm. But it sounds like they're getting after it on passing downs. So I'm 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 curious just to see how they look when it comes to passing downs and how much pressure they can apply. Yeah, I'm wondering what that says about the, how the O-line is performing. I that, mean, this is, That's always the thing that bothers me about stuff yeah. like that. I'm like, is our yeah. D-line really that good? Is our O-line, O-line still just, that bad? Uh, right. Yeah. And that's always going to be a sore spot for, for anybody who follows Auburn, is how good is this O-line, and are, are, are they getting reps against quality O-linemen? Right. <laughs> sure. This is why ones versus ones is very important. <laughs> In my book, because if you're going up against the second string O-line, which we know probably is not pr- very good, we don't even know if, if first string O-line is going to be very good. Right. We know they brought in a lot of bodies, certainly, but we don't know how good those guys are going to be just yet. So right. I just I, there's a lot of raw athleticism, but if they're not getting the quality reps, this is what I think makes the Alabamas and the Georgias so dangerous. In practice, they're going against the best. Right. And in some cases, they're not going to face anybody better all season than the guys they see in practice. Yeah. Right. Right. So are they developing that kind of competition in practice is something that I always have a question about. Uh, so how good are these linemen, these nine linemen they brought in? Nine of them. Everybody yeah. complained. We're not recruiting any offensive linemen. Well, they went out and got a hell of a lot of them. So 
uh, are they any good and are they providing quality reps for these D linemen in practice so that they're not going to be shocked? Like, wait, <laughs> but I beat Tate Johnson in practice. <laughs> no, that doesn't mean you're going to beat, you know, Bama's offensive linemen right. in the Iron Bowl or, you know, LSU or any of these other emerging teams that are recruiting five stars. So, you know, uh, five stars need to be testing five stars. In practice. So, uh, you know, you have to manage injuries. And I know with maximum effort sometimes comes, uh, you know, potential for injury. But how else do you get better? Or how do you how are you tested? And how do you know what you're going to have going into a game? That, that, that battle testing has to come in practice. It does up against the best of the best. And when you have the yeah. best on your team, uh, you don't have to worry about what, they, what they're going to do against the best when they see them in the game. <laughs> Sticking with the the defense, uh, particularly along the line, let's talk about edge. And the second thing that we hope to learn is who is Derek Hall's replacement at the jack position, formerly edge? Now, offseason, Auburn added Elijah McAllister, the Vandy transfer. In the Mm -hmm. offseason, Hugh Freeze has kind of praised McAllister for his leadership. Uh, Also, Auburn flipped Former five-star Keldrick Falk from FSU in the 2023 class. Uh, a big get as Hugh Freeze and staff closed strong there. When asked about the Jack position in terms of them bringing pressure from that position, Hugh Freeze mentioned, we got to go recruit. Mm-hmm. Meaning that there's, there's, there's much to be desired in terms of being able to bring pressure from that position. So I ask you guys, <sighs> what do we hope to learn about the Jack position in a day. Um, okay, so again, sticking with the theme of noting the guys that the coaches note. Uh Jeremy Garrett has has, has had he's trying to temper expectations, but he's kind of had high praise for Keldrick Falk, right? Um, and yeah. I quote, he says, I'm telling you, Keldrick Falk, he's going to be it. He's going to be it. Really excited about the way he rushes and the way he progressed since he's gotten here. He's going to be good. Then I had to cut you off, but I'll hold your thought. But that's high praise coming from a defensive line coach who had a unit who was one of tops in college football last year, right? right. If right. anyone would know anything about bringing pressure, he would, right? Right, right, right. So I'm like, man, how do I ignore the coach saying that about a specific player? If we're talking about this position, I don't know how I ignore that. Um, because in the little, like in the little bit that Brian and I have been able to see in 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 the viewing periods, we don't get to see that. We don't get to see if he right. is him. Right? Is Keldrick Falk him? I don't know. <laughs> we can't see it in them twenty minutes they let us watch. <laughs> but if Jeremy Garrett is saying, "Hey, he is him," then I'm I have to go with that. I've been hearing good things from his teammates. Uh, whew, man, it's hard to ignore Keldrick. And, and this is from a guy that's like, where calling Dylan Brooks? Where is Dylan Brooks? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where are you, man? It's like, where's Waldo in here for Dylan Brooks? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, he's another guy that I expected to take that step. And maybe he is making some steps, some strides, and he'll be a good depth piece at that position. But, man, Keldrick is making waves. And I think that that can only be a good thing when a guy is young coming in and he stands out. Maybe that's a sign that Auburn is bringing in that sort of five-star talent that's really going to test this O-line, right? 
So if they're going up against him and he's disruptive and they, they're not facing anybody better than a Keldrick Falk in practice, oh, maybe that's some hope for, for uh, you know, the level of competition that's happening. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at Keldrick and I'm just thinking, mm, you know, yo, he's, he's, he's the guy. He's, he's Garrett's guy. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know any other way to look at it at the Jack position than say he, he's the guy. Gentlemen? Well, we, we got some options at Jack that, again, Mike mentioned them, but Dylan Brooks, but also Wilkie Denard, right? Came mm-hmm. in, tall guy, lean guy. Now, it seems like because of his build, he'll have to fill out some before he can be probably the in- impact player that Keldrick Falk may be built to be early. But it, it seems to be a matter of when, not if, for the Jack position, especially since there's technically only going to be one. Um, they're going to be kind of sharing those responsibilities outside linebacker and in 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 defensive end. So, I um, who is going to be? Is is it encouraging to hear coach give a true freshman praise this early? Yes, absolutely. It's also discouraging that a guy who was rated five star coming out the class that we we got by means of of you know happy meal. I want to hear more about him. Like I, I've, I felt like him getting on the field and getting a couple sacks at the end of last season, D- Dylan Brooks. Mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be kind of therapeutic for him, you know, because whether or not he intentionally or he, he intended to come to Auburn, he didn't choose us first, so he goes to Tennessee or he signs for Tennessee. Excuse me. It's a little bit of a of a of of drama to get released from Tennessee after they have their NCAA thing happen. And then he comes here, but he gets shelved. And maybe he needed to get shelved. I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know where he was in his development. But year two, I expected to see more of Dylan Brooks. And we didn't. But when the coach leaves, uh, Harson got fired, then we see some of them. Just a little bit of them. That's not like he was, he got out there and he was Michael Strahan when the minute he hit the field because he wasn't. But still, it's like we got to see some of him. And I'm still a big believer in the light turns on the most when you get to play. He didn't get to play that much. So how much did the light turn on in those three games he got to get on the field? I don't yeah, know. He had some batted down passes and like he had some disruptive yeah. plays to your point over the last few games of the season. So what yeah. happened between that and now in this spring to where we are hearing virtually nothing of him? Like that that's that's the question mark I have. Something has either not translated, maybe it's losing your position coach and losing um uh, maybe some some forward momentum with the staff because even if yeah Cadillac was there and he's here but Cadillac's back with the running backs now. I mean your uh, what was his name the defensive line coach last season? I don't know why his name is is leaving my mind. Rock Bell and Tony. That was he was the ends coach. That's right. He was it was Rock, but yeah. also who was the line coach, the defensive line coach? I can't remember his name. Uh, Jimmy Brumbaugh. Yeah, So we just like oh, forget everything. About yeah. that <laughs> uh, of all <laughs> the defensive staff, the guys who he could have in, in, interacted with, whether it was Rumbaugh or Bellantoni, who by all accounts is a good like there was never a bad word spoken about Rock Bellantoni and the connection that he had with his players. So I know we don't like to think, well, it's not that we don't like to. We often don't think about it. We think here was your rating, here are your physical uh, measurables. Why aren't you good? And so much, there's so much more to that. It's how comfortable are you in this place where you're at with the people that you are around and and you're working under and that you're learning from. Did he make some progress with those people? And now that's kind of got reset. Uh, is is what is being asked of him now so much different? I, I wonder what's up with him. I want to see more of him. 
But I think it's just a matter, again, of when, not if, because whether it's Keldrick Falk or Dylan Brooks or Wilkie Denod or some, you know, conversion, somebody that they transitioned from another position to this position, I think we have the, the talent. It's here somewhere. I'm just I'm just waiting to see who's going to be. Are you getting Byron Coward vibes from? Nah, because they actually put Byron Coward on the field. He just wasn't as good as they thought he was when he got recruited. Okay, that's, fair enough. That, that's different. Like, I ha- I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, I don't want to put that on him because I, I think Byron Coward, the, the, the spotlight was too big for him. The, hey, you're a five-star, play like a five-star was too big for him. I don't know if that's it. I think Dylan Brooke not playing in year one was more about Harson and his expectation and what he wanted to see from players. It yeah, wasn't sure. about, hey, you're not it. Why don't you sit down and I'm going to move you over here because you're not what I thought you were. I don't think that's what, what Yeah, Byron, Byron was more like, it wasn't just about five-star. I mean, the number one overall recruit in the country. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so, like, I just, in terms of expectation, it's just, you know, when a guy comes in and he's clearly supposed to be him, and then we just, and he just disappears and we don't hear anything from him, uh, it just, I get, I get cringy, man. I'm just like, oh, man, here's another guy who any other program seemingly would have turned into a star by now. And they're just, and they're dying on Auburn's roster. And, and too, you didn't bring in another five-star right behind Coward either, uh, like you did with Dylan Brooks. So mm-hmm. I, I think it'd be interesting to see how this pans out for Dylan Brooks for sure. Mm-hmm.